Hey, y'all, before we get started, have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Now, why should you do that? Let me tell you. It's uncut. We didn't edit it. And you get to see a lot of behind the scenes, bloopers, awkwardness. It's actually kind of funny. It's all over on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Heather Parody. And make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hey, my friends, we are revisiting an episode today. I don't think I've ever done this before, but with almost 500 episodes, <laughs> I know there are many people who haven't made it through the whole backlog. So I thought this summer I would sprinkle in some popular episodes that we've had over the past couple of years. A, if you've already heard them, it's good to listen to them again. And B, if you're new around here, I can highlight some of our most popular episodes that I really think that you will enjoy. Today, we are revisiting an episode with Linda Rayner, who is a wildly successful YouTuber. That's how I found her. She's thinking close to 1 million subscribers right now, and she teaches career strategy and communication skills for ambitious professionals. Now, I know that our crowd, you guys, me and you, we're not necessarily in the corporate space, but I wanted to uproot this conversation because the principles Linda talks about are gold for us as creatives because she shares how to communicate better, how to own your space in a room. And that skill set, y'all, is so important in building a creative business, knowing that you belong in the rooms that you walk into, breaking free from intimidation, owning your space. That's what we're going to dig into today, y'all. Communicate better without fear. in university or college, I know you guys call it college in the States, where I took on a career path. So essentially in my university, I had the opportunity to do something called co-op. So what co-op was, was you would work for four months at a real company and make a real salary for those four months and then go back to school for four months. So we would do that from second year onwards until we graduated. And um, we were forced basically to decide. You had to pick for me, because I was in the business program, I had to pick whether it was finance or HR or marketing or accounting. And I remember I picked accounting simply because uh, they had showed us a screenshot of a chart on the salaries that you would make depending on which field you decide to go into. And I saw accounting was pretty high up there. I thought finance was too difficult. So I decided, okay, I'll do accounting, whatever that is, whatever that means. And it meant that I would have to, I didn't realize at the time, but I would have to follow this long path to become a CPA, which meant I had to write exams and I had to take extra classes. I didn't know that that much at the point in time when I made that decision, but I went ahead with it and I got into one of the big four accounting firms. And I realized very, very early on that that was not the career I wanted for myself. But I kept pushing through with it because that was the only thing I had in front of me. That was all that was available to me at the time. And I wanted to continue to pay my tuition. So I wanted to stay with that job. So, you know, I, I graduated and I continued with that path. I eventually did get my CPA. It was a long winding road to get to that as well because I ended up failing the exams multiple times. And for us here in Canada, if you fail the exam, you have to rewrite it the next year. So you wait a whole year. So essentially, your career is 
on hold or stuck essentially until you can pass those exams. Eventually, once I did, I said to my parents and I said to myself, I don't want to stay in this. I'm going to do something completely different. So I started applying for different opportunities and I ended up becoming a headhunter. So completely separate from the world of accounting, no more dealing with numbers. And instead I was dealing with people and I was helping a lot of people who were similar to myself, CPAs that wanted to get into different fields and also just get different jobs outside of the firms. So I did really well there. I was there for three and a half years. I was like a superstar at that job. I enjoyed it until I didn't anymore. And I think this is what a lot of people go through is you find something that you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to stick with this forever because I'm really good at it and I really enjoy it. And I can't see myself doing anything else until you realize, you know what, I've hit all the goals that I wanted to hit. I've um, achieved what I wanted to achieve. And now I want something else. I want something more. I want something that's more meaningful. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for in their career. So I realized that I could use the skills that I've gained in terms of helping people to land job offers and do what I do now, which is I run my own business. I'm a career strategist. Um, essentially, I am a career coach. So I help professionals to figure out the strategies and learn and to implement the strategies on how to write their resume, how to interview properly, how to sell themselves so that they can get the jobs that they really are excited about. Um, and I find that what's stopping people from getting the jobs that they really want isn't necessarily their skills or their experience. It's actually their inability to communicate, their inability mm -hmm. to know how to sell themselves. And I keep saying sell themselves, but really you are your own product. And if you don't know how to market what you can do and what you can offer and your value to someone else, unfortunately, they're not going to be able to see that. And unfortunately, the way the job world work, uh, the job world works is that you have to be able to communicate mm -hmm. in those interviews and do well in those interviews. And then they'll give you the job offer. Even if you were already considered to be an amazing worker, they don't see that. They only hear what comes out of your mouth. And that's what I teach people. I love that. <laughs> where, where do you think that gift came from? Was that something that you cultivated and learned how to do yourself or maybe as a young girl, were you naturally good at communication and connecting with people? You know, what's so interesting is that through my journey of becoming an entrepreneur, I've had to do a lot of self, deep self work as well to ask myself, like, what are my talents? What are my gifts? Yeah. Um, why am I good at what I do? And I actually only learned this recently, but I realized that as a child, I actually felt misheard and I felt misunderstood. This was, you know, within my family dynamic, uh, being a kid, always being looked down on, seeing as, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. And so what's interesting is that that experience going through my life of feeling misunderstood, feeling misheard actually led me to cultivate this skill of communicating, of feeling like I need to speak up for myself. And so when I got into my teenage years in high school, I started being more involved in school and extracurriculars. And I realized that if I speak up and I say what I want, or I pursue certain things, and I'm able to show my face in front of others that, hey, I'm doing this type of thing, whether it's being the president of a club or, you know, being a, an announcer for a school assembly, whatever it was, all of a sudden that started to get me, and this was just, you know, the lessons that I learned back then. It started to get me recognition, started getting me noticed. And I realized that using my voice was extremely powerful. So I learned over the years that, you know, if you, if you can figure out how to communicate effectively to others, people will pay attention and it will get you results. 
Um, so I would say it was, it's, it's interesting. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's completely natural. It was cultivated over time. So um, yeah. And then now it feels like it's second nature. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you, you know, we, we can learn the skills and the tactics and stuff, but sometimes we don't execute on it because there's this hesitancy because maybe we've been taught our whole lives or trained that speaking up is wrong or you're bragging or, you know, you need to fit inside of this little box and uh, don't push the boundaries a little bit. And sometimes when we're presenting ourselves or putting ourselves out there, there's some kind of stuff in the background. It's like, no, 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 you know, muting ourselves, silencing ourselves a little bit. I'm sure you've ran across that with clients where, you know, you help them build personal brands and get themselves out there. Uh, how, do yeah. we, how do we get past our own mental blocks and maybe some deep-rooted stuff from even our past that keeps us silent? Well, the biggest thing I would say is awareness, having that self-awareness. A lot of people don't realize that they're the ones holding themselves back. They think that it has something to do with how that other person made them feel. Maybe that other person asked me a question a certain way and I didn't like the way he or she looked at me. So that's why I didn't give my best in the interview. That's why I didn't answer properly, for example, or even if it's just meeting someone casually for the first time, you know, there are certain people that you meet and they're very open, they're very friendly, they speak to you, they're direct and you get along well with them. There's an instant connection, but then there are other people who I'm sure inside are just as friendly, just as nice and kind, but they give off this weird vibe because of their shyness, because of their fear to look uh, or a certain way to embarrass themselves. So what it is, is you need to have that self-awareness to understand, am I t being too focused on myself? And I say this a lot to clients. I'm saying, you're so focused on yourself. You're looking, you're thinking about how you appear so much that you forget about who is standing in front of you or who's sitting across the table from you. You forget about that other person. You completely don't even, you're not even giving them the time and attention that they deserve from you because you're completely focused on yourself. You're giving yourself too much attention. And so, you know, you get wrapped up in your own head and you think of, you second guess about what you're going to say. And then that holds you back. And, and that's what ends up causing, you know, issues with communication is really people being stuck in their own heads. And uh, the way to really get past that is to first be aware of it and then ask yourself, why am I holding myself back? What am I thinking? What are those thoughts that are coming through my head when I'm about to say something, but then I hold myself back? Um, or I say something that I don't really mean, you know, or I, it, it's just, I think that's just the key is just, we do it to ourselves and we have to be aware of that. That if you struggle with communication, it's because of the way you see yourself. Mm, it starts with you. How do we get more comfortable in our own skin, like showing up in these conversations, being with somebody we're intimidated by? I know that happens a lot with me with what I do. Sometimes I'll be sitting in front of somebody and I'm like super intimidated by them because I think a lot of them, maybe they're a decision maker or something like that. And I've been told a lot, well, you just need to be comfortable in your own skin. And I'm like, well, how? How do we get to that point? You know, what's funny, I, I used to feel that way too, actually, when I would meet certain people and, and I'd get all nervous and it would be so obvious. You know, the other person can tell. Um, I would say the biggest tip I, I ever got was that you just need to see that other person as eye level to you, meaning they're not above you. They're not on any pedestal. At the end of the day, we're all humans. Um, you know, they may have a certain type of, uh, let's say, status or, or title, but at the end of the day, we're all humans. So if you can see yourself as equal to them, then what's going to happen 
is that you're going to feel more at ease because you're just saying they're just another person. That's one thing. But then the other thing, also focusing on making sure that they feel comfortable because mm. what happens is when we shift our focus away from ourselves and we focus more on the other person, the other person if we're making them feel comfortable, they're going to feel comfortable with us. And then all of a sudden the exchange becomes so much more genuine. So shift away from what's going on in your head and saying things like, oh my God, this person is amazing. I, I'm so nervous. Da, da, da. Shift away from all that and just be like, okay, so they're sitting right there. What can I do to make them feel comfortable? What can I say to ensure that um, they feel at ease? Um, you know, maybe ask them about their day or just talk about whatever is happening, small talk, this and that, and just make sure that they feel as comfortable as possible. And then I, I would say all of a sudden that stuff about you washes away because you forget about yourself yeah. a little bit and you focus on them. That's so good. One thing I think you do very well is you are so professional in the your, your presence and the way that you do things in excellence. However, you're still on the flip side, very human and approachable. And I feel like I've, I've just met you like, 13 minutes ago, but I, I feel like I could just talk to you, which I think is such an interesting balance. Um, when you're going into like a, a professional setting or a job interview or so forth, you want to maintain that level of professionalism while still being human and friendly and let your personality shine through. How do you kind of balance those two worlds? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically the essence of what I teach is balancing being authentic, being who you really are, but being able to speak the language of the hiring manager. So that's like where we get into more technical things about, you know, knowing the job that you're applying for, knowing what the hiring manager is exactly looking for, doing your research, knowing what the job description um, encompasses in terms of certain keywords. That's where you learn the, the hiring manager's language, I would say. So the more job descriptions you read, the more you understand what that job is asking for. And then the more you know what these companies want, and then you have to be able to relate those technical things back to your own experience mm -hmm. and you have to be able to tell good stories. So the way to add that human element beyond just the technical is through storytelling. And I, this is what I teach to all my clients is you need to have 15 to 20 plus stories prepared, readily available ahead of time in the back of your mind so that any question that they ask you if it's about a certain type of software or a certain technical skill um, and they, they're asking you, what's your experience with that? You have a clear story to be able to share with them. And there's a whole strategy on how to tell a good story. It's like, you know, a, it's like, it's like listening to, um, to a good, I mean, watching a good movie, let's say, you know, there's the intro, getting to know the characters, getting to know the situation. Then there's the action um, where you end up being the superhero. You do all the great actions and then the results, the final ending, the happily ever after ending. So making sure that your stories have all those components. That's I think good. it's pretty simple, but. Uh, what, if, what if we say all the right things, but our presence is a little bit off? How do we start mastering like our physical presence when I walk into the room? Uh, Linda feels comfortable with me and I'm holding myself the way that I want to be perceived. Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to presence and it comes to the way you're being perceived, I think it all starts with your intention. Mm. So what's so interesting is that, you know, when you meet someone, they could say all the right things. They could look the part, but you know how sometimes you meet someone and they're like, yeah, everything seems good on paper. Everything seems good in terms of what they're saying, but just something feels off about this person. What mm -hmm. is it? 
uh, I mean, I'm sure we've all run into those situations before. And it's always like, there's something off about that person. And what it is, is that we don't realize that we're so powerful. We have the ability to read energy and we have the ability to actually pick up on people's intentions. And maybe that person could be saying all the right things, but there's you know, a, a certain intention that they have. Maybe they're a scammer. I don't know. I'm just giving this as an example, but they could say all the right things. And, but you're just thinking there's something off and it could be that it's their intention. Something's off about their intention. So you have to be so careful with everything when it comes to meeting someone new or going for a job interview that your intention is pure. And if, mm. and the intention that I would say you'd want to have is to deliver, to be able to demonstrate your value, to show how you can help them, to show how you can contribute. And that's it. That should just be your pure intention. And whatever they want to think or feel from that, let them decide. But that is your one way, one directional intention. And they will feel that usually. That's so good. You you worked with so many different people from all over the world in a lot of different industries. What have you learned just kind of about us as humans a little bit through this process? Because I know you've seen and had so many different conversations. Um, just any observations just from a teacher's perspective of things maybe that we, we struggle with, any common themes uh, that you've picked up on? Yeah, the biggest thing I would say is uh, people are, what is the word? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, people are absolutely awesome. But the biggest fear that I think most people have is showing off. We're so afraid of showing off. And, and you know, what's, what I find is that I'm telling them, okay, you need to sell them in this way. You need to sell this skill in this way. You need to tell this story this way. And they'll say, but it just, it just feels like I feel like a fraud. If I say that, you know, I I have this imposter syndrome and it's like, well, the facts are there. You have these skills and you have that experience. So why would you feel like a fraud? And it really comes down to us not valuing ourselves enough and realizing Mm -hmm. our self-worth and our value enough. And I think this has been a common theme with pretty much all of my clients. I mean, this is the reason why people come to work with me is to help them to be able to communicate their value because they can't do it themselves because they don't see what their value is. Um, And it's only until you recognize hey, I have talents, I have skills, I have abilities and be able to really hone in on that and hold on to that and be able to communicate that, that other people will believe it too. But Mm. if you doubt yourself, people will doubt you. It's all, you know, the world I, I say is your mirror. The way you see yourself, the world will reflect back to you how you see yourself. So if you find other people don't see you as capable or you're not seeing that you're getting the opportunities that you would like, you're not seeing that you're getting the the chances you deserve. I honestly relate it back to that person. I say it has something to do with the way you're projecting yourself. It has something to do with the way that you see yourself because others would respond to you the way that you respond to yourself. That's so good. Why do you, why do you think we're so, because you, you hit it on the head. Why are we so afraid to come across as braggy? What are we afraid of in that? That's a good question. I, I just think that we're afraid of being judged. And I think coming across as braggy or overconfident or boasting, I mean, some people look at it the wrong way. That's not what I'm telling you to do. I'm not telling you to embellish and lie and make things up. That's not the case. It's, um, it's, it's talking about yourself in a positive way. And I think to be honest, people just, you know, we have, we've all had uh, experiences in our life where we 
we've met someone who actually loves talking about themselves and loves boasting and loves sharing their accomplishments and that and we judge them for saying oh they're so braggy they're so uh, overconfident they're they they're too full of themselves and that's the biggest fear is that because we've done that to other people we're afraid that they're going to do that to us i think there's a balance you know it's not about being over the top annoying in how you sell yourself it's really about this gentle confidence this groundedness that just you know if you have that intention to still sound down to earth but still grounded in who you are knowing what you're capable of and being able to just articulate that and say listen i can help you focusing on how you can contribute to the other uh to the other side how you can help them with what you bring all of a sudden they're not gonna they're not gonna feel that you're bragging wow. you know usually people brag because it's like oh i did this and i got this the end but in an interview it should be this is what I have, but this is what I, this is what I can share with you. And this is how I can help you. Yeah. And so once you change the tone of it to focusing on the other side and what you can do with the skills that you have, it's no longer a conversation of sounding braggy or over the top. It's more about helping them. Is that something we can overcome? Like, do you, do you still struggle with that ever? Or is it something that you can kind of move past in general? I definitely think you can move past uh, the braggy fear that you can definitely move back, move that, move past that if for sure. Once you recognize that, hey, it's actually not just about me. It's about what I can do for them. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden that does, yeah. that just goes away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to, you know, as we're wrapping up, just also to acknowledge what you've built over how long, how many years have you been in business for yourself? Um, it's been about, I'd say three and a half, four years now. Amazing. It's amazing what you've been able to build. And um, I just want to acknowledge you for taking that leap because there's so many times we're like, oh, I really would love to do this. But when you feel like you've invested so much in one area, uh, you're so hesitant to kind of risk it to go into something else. Uh, any right. advice for those who may be listening who's like, you know what, Linda, I absolutely hate what I'm doing. And upon reflection, I really want to transition out, but I'm afraid to risk what I've invested so much time and money into. Yes. I mean, the biggest advice that I would give is that you truly have to do the work of digging deep and asking yourself the hard questions of what do I want my life to look like? And if you can be completely honest with yourself and you know that the job that you're in is not what you want and you know that the lifestyle that you're living is not what you want and you know that there's so many things that are out of place and you can get a clear picture of what it is that you would want and then lean into that, that's going to help guide the way. You don't have to know everything. I didn't know everything when I started my business. I just knew I could put myself out there and share some good advice and tips and that will get me somewhere. I know that'll get me somewhere. And then of course the other steps started revealing themselves as I went along. So you just have to do that first bigger step of asking yourself, is this what, is this the path that I want to continue on? And if it's not, what does that other path look like? And I think that's honestly the hardest part of it all is just getting clarity over that. I think fear holds us back so much. People don't want to quit their jobs in especially a time like this in a pandemic. They don't want to quit and then be lost without a job. So I mean, I wouldn't recommend that necessarily to just quit and do nothing. Um, you should have a plan and you should have little action steps that you're going to take. 
and follow through with that because that's going to build the momentum. I have one final question for you, but two things. First of all, I just want to thank you so much for, again, being generous with your time and absolutely thank uh, you. your expertise. What are you most excited about right now in your own world, uh, promoting any, any programs or YouTube channel? What, what's, what are you most excited about right now? <laughs> I'm just most excited about continuously reaching out to my audience through my YouTube channel, through my courses. I have two programs, top-notch interview, top-notch resume that have helped so many people land job offers. Um, I'm just offering that and uh, offering my free content on YouTube. So that's what keeps me going every day. And that's just your name, right? Linda Rayner. Linda Rayner. Exactly. Yep. Wonderful. Right. All of that will be linked in the show notes. Definitely connect with her. Very last question. Let's say we were to uh, go back in time to this young Linda who felt misunderstood and unheard and had no idea what she was going to end up doing with her life one day and the confidence that she would build in the voice that she would find. If you were to go and sit with that young girl and tell her something that she needed to hear back then that you know now, what would that be? Oh, that's a beautiful question. I actually had to do that recently with myself. Um, and I think the answer that came to me was, you are valuable no matter what anyone says, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, you are worthy, you are valuable. And really having her believe that. I would need her to really believe that, that she's valuable, that she's worthy, that she's special in her unique way. And to just remember that. Because I think that would have really helped her through those early years. I mean, I, you know, I turned out fine, but if she had gone, if she had held on to that earlier on, she could have um, uh, avoided some, some emotional trauma uh, that she created for herself, but a stress or whatever. Hey, y'all, before we go, if you've not connected with me over on Instagram, head over there right now. It's at Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y. I would love to get to know you over there. Again, that is at Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y.